It's September 20th, 2023, and as promised, I wanted to follow up on a topic that I started on Instagram. So in case you missed this topic, which I started, or this conversation, which I started on Instagram, I'm going to share a clip, which will give you background, and then I'll tell you what I learned. Um, The caption on this clip, I believe, is something to the effect of, I don't know how, but I think by starting this conversation, I'm going to cause more confusion, when of course my goal was to clear up some confusion. Fortunately, I don't think I caused more confusion, but I do think that I've highlighted that there is not a clear answer on this, and so that's what we're going to be discussing today. Let's watch the first clip clip that I shared to set up context if you're not sure what I'm talking about, and then we'll give a little bit more, uh, we'll give some more details. There's a lot of confusion around craft products in the state of Illinois. The number one question I always get is, can I purchase craft products at the medical tax rate? The answer is yes. I can share that answer authoritatively because we were joined by the CROO almost a year ago. And in case you didn't know, the CROO is directly appointed by the governor of Illinois. So again, That answer comes from a place of authority. Anecdotally, I've heard of several patients being able to do this with no problem. I also even checked my local medical menu and I can see craft products on the menu. Of course, there's not a lot, but that's an entirely different conversation. You all know how I feel about that. I'm curious though, what has your experience been like trying to acquire these products? You are allowed, you just have to go to a medical location. Like I said, before I started that video, I definitely started a good conversation because again, while the answer did come from the CROO and I will share the exact answer. So the particular episode in which we went over this was released on May 8th, 2021. And I will share the answer that we got from the CROO. It's right here. I said, did I understand correctly? When HB 1443 was passed into law, that it allows craft growers to sell cannabis as medical cannabis. Their answer was yes, that is correct. Craft growers and infusers can sell product to medical dispensaries to sell as medical product. I've alluded to the portion of the statute, or I've included the portion of the statute alluding to this below. So, folks, if you're watching, you can see the actual statute. If you'd like to look up how it reads, it looks like they also pasted it right below that. So I think the key word here is can. And I don't know. Again, I don't have clear answers today, but I don't know that they are doing that based off of what we've heard. So let's talk about what we've heard. And I think to do that, I will play the follow up clip that I uh, issue, uh, released on social media, and then we can, I can share more things that I've not shared on social media, including information that I've gotten from dispensaries about that. I'm also joined with uh, our, uh, let's call it cannabis correspondent, Justine, uh, who can give us some boots on the ground uh, perspective on what she experienced in the industry as a bud tender. Regarding this subject, uh, 
there's an interesting thing we'll get to later. But again, I want to share the second video so you can see this story unravel the way uh, social media did, uh, for lack of better words. So this will be my second post that I made following up, you know, in response to some feedback I had gotten. I've really enjoyed talking about craft products today. I want to be clear that when I say craft products, I am not using that word to indicate quality or lack thereof. In 2020, when we legalized cannabis, we issued new cultivation licenses. It took a while, but we did, and they were called craft cultivation licenses. So. It's clear that by starting this conversation that there is, let's say, a disparity in experiences. Some people have no issue acquiring these products at the medical tax rate. Some people are told by their dispensaries that they can't. Some dispensaries have reached out to me to tell me that they can't, so I've reached out to dispensaries that do and have, hoping that I'll get some clarity. I'm also reaching out to the state. I'm gonna follow up so that they might be able to provide more clarity. I hope this is helpful. Thank you. So basically, uh, I, I reached out to some dispensaries, and I think I, I did locate the source of confusion because, again, I've heard and I've seen cases of people apparently, allegedly, whatever word we want to use, purchasing craft cannabis product without ridiculous taxes added on aka adult use taxes these patients are under the impression that they were able to purchase this product at the medical tax rate because it they got it for exactly what it was listed at so i think the confusion comes from the fact that some of these craft products seem to uh the brands seem to offer a discount uh by way of offsetting the price and I'll actually share a snippet from a menu that shows a few of the brands. And it just so happens that these are the same brands that at least I've heard of people purchasing with no issue, right? They were uh, they were under the impression that they were getting these craft products at the medical tax rate. And I'm not saying that you know that's not the case, but this makes me think that this is maybe the source of some confusion. Now, again, I also reached out to dispensaries about this, and I'll tell you what they've experienced. But here's a, a menu, and as you can see, a couple of brands offer a, quote, medical tax break. And from what I understand, you are actually purchasing at the adult use counter because I'll tell you the issues that dispensaries have in a moment. Um, but from what I understand, you are purchasing as an adult use customer However, they're offsetting the taxes via some sort of, I don't know exactly how they do that. I've not gotten that clear answer yet, but that's that's what I understand to be the source of confusion here. Um, so I wanted to share with you some of the answers that I got from dispensaries, and I also wanted to open up a, another interesting layer to this conversation, which I think further contributes to some confusion uh, just because it doesn't really make sense. Uh, but first, I need to find this email. So um, the idea, I guess, of what, what is actually happening to these dispensaries when they do try to sell this product 
they get an error message that says error with integration system, which my first question is, what system are you using? And both dispensaries that I spoke to said they're using Dutchy. So is it that Dutchy doesn't know how to do that? That was This is my first question. Is it that Dutchy can't handle, for lack of better words, an adult use an adult use product coming in, but then switching it up. And the reason I say that is because it's like it comes in purely as adult use versus every other cultivator, like all of the established cultivators. I have to imagine in Biotrack, maybe they come in with like two tags, like because they're they could be either or because they have licenses to both grow medical and adult use, which is not the case apparently for these craft cultivators. Again, we shared what we got from the state that they can do that. But I think the key word there is can. And, you know, I don't know that they are. I don't know that they aren't either. I, again, it's all very unclear to me. So, again, the consistency seems to be that they're, these people are using Dutchie. I don't know if it's an issue there. But here's what makes me think it's not an issue. And here's where our cannabis correspondent Justine comes into play. I asked Justine because I remember when adult use first happened. First of all, I want you to confirm something that I've heard in the past or that I feel was a truth of the past. Um, I recall that leading up to adult use, there seemed to be product shortages. Like people notice, like, man, there's just not as much variety as there used to be in the medical cannabis program. And then some sort of notification came out from the state to, I don't know if it was dispensaries or cultivators, but it was the idea that if this product was grown before this date, it has to be sold as medical. And I swear to you, that week there was like a flood. It was like, whoa, there's all the product. Before we get to what we're, what I actually wanted to talk to you about today, do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. That was like a, a conspiracy theory that as adult use was approaching, um, cultivators were purposefully holding back product until we got the guidance, which was that any, for us, it was any product that was brought into the store after December 1st was marked as adult use, I think. I could be I could be wrong about that. It could be that everything brought in after December first was medical only and everything else got to be adult use, but I feel like it was product brought in after December first was adult use only because um yeah, how everything was set up and biotrack system that everything was marked as medical, it would have been a, a huge undertaking to change all that product. Gotcha. And so that's where my, this is where the next question comes in. So good segue here. I So I just want to share what I thought was the case. Um, I want to, I ran it by new era and then I like to discuss, you know, your experience with this. So I asked new era, I said, putting aside the discussion on craft products, if I were to visit your dual use site in Urbana. So I was speaking to New Era in this case. So thank you, New Era, for helping me out. I said, if I were to visit your, and this is just a hypothetical I wanted to lay out to, to get really an answer to my question. 
So I'll start that over one more time. If I were to visit your dual-use site in Urbana and saw a Cresco product, for instance, listed on your adult-use menu, could I purchase that product at the medical tax rate? My initial understanding was that it was possible. And Jonah, who's been on our show a few times, said that besides the new craft products, there should never be a product that is on the rec menu that is not on the med menu. If that is the case, it is a mistake or a tech issue. He also added, and I think this is important, uh, you know, I really wish the regulators could figure this out or at least openly say they're trying to impede or disrupt the medical program by not providing a pathway for new producers to sell into the medical pro program. My two cents on that issue anyways. It's very frustrating to our patients to say the least. Um, so that's that's the perspective and that's exactly how I thought it would work. So Justine, you worked at a different dispensary that was a dual use location. Is that how it worked at your location? If I came in as a medical patient, no matter what I saw on the menu, I can get it at the medical tax rate. Yes, that is correct. Now, describe behind the scenes how that works. I walk in and I see hot mama jamba and I'm like, I want to smoke that because I've never heard of that before. It's on your adult use menu. Can you grab it? And you say, yeah. What do you have to do? Um, I mean, it, so the thing where when you're talking about Dutchie and it being an error with Dutchie that they can't sell certain products, um, it's all comes down to configuration. Like it, it's kind of wild to think like you would think it's a regulatory thing, but it's literally a configuration thing. So it, it all has to do with how the products have been entered into the system and what the system's limitations are. Um, so anything that comes into the dispensary now uh, should be marked, you know, both medical and adult use versus products that are marked medical only. So if it's marked medical, um, basically behind the scenes in the system, it just applies a different tax rate. But you have to be checked in as a medical patient, not an adult use shopper in order for your medical discount or the medical taxes to apply. Right. But OK, so who adds the tags to the products? You say they're not who who's not adding it. Um, that is typically the job of like the inventory manager or whoever is intaking the shipments because they have to um, verify the products in BioTrack or whatever system they're using. Um, so that is where you could mark that tax distinction. Um, yeah. Is it possible there's something else at play here? Like I suggested earlier and we're, again, I, I'm not suggesting we have any answers today. We're just talking about our experience, our lived experiences, of sharing some other people's experiences and just trying to provide some clarity on how this works and what we've been told by the state. I do need to follow up with the state, you know, maybe, maybe they can clear, clear some things up for us. Um, what was I? Oh, so is it possible that maybe there's something else at play here for, for instance, again, I'm suggesting that 
in since this we're talking seed to sale, and I understand what you're saying with Dutchie, but seed to sale, these products were probably listed as adult use products on on day one. You know what I mean? And I feel like is it perhaps is that perhaps the issue? Like, would they have had to perhaps tag certain plants for medical so that when it comes to buy, you know, it's seed to sale. So these are medical plants going to this medical dispensary. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to, is there something as if, cause, cause if these are only adult use cultivation centers, I'm just wondering if, if that's what's getting in the way of it. I don't know. I'm just reaching for straws. Maybe. Um, I mean, I know, I don't know much about how like things work on the cultivation side, but, um, I mean, I think that you can designate certain plants as adult use and certain plants as medical, um, depending on your facility, but, and they do get entered into the seed to sale system that way. And I, I guess that could be, I mean, that's usually more like a, a field that would go on the label versus, um, like a full on restriction in the system. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's basically, I feel like where we stand here, you know, and, and I wanted to just, I guess, round out that point where I think that can possibly add to more confusion when you consider that you go to a dispensary and as Jonah from new era said, every product with the exception of craft products if you see it on the menu and you're at a dual use location, no matter which menu you're looking at, adult use or medical, and you have a medical medical card, and like Justine said, you checked in with your medical card, you're not checked in as an adult use patient, you can get whatever you want on the menu. Again, setting aside craft products. Yeah. I mean, I will say, just for the record, to be clear, I've not worked in any markets that had craft products. I was out of the Illinois market before craft grow came around. And, um, you know, with working with seed to sale systems, I primarily was in like Oklahoma. So, and they don't really have craft grow. I think. So again, I want to be clear when you say craft grow, I don't like, I just look like, I think to be more clear, they're small scale adult use licenses. They're not, you know, when people think craft grow, they think, they think craft brewery, right? Like somebody, and I'm not saying that this is the case for all of those operators. I'm just saying that it is just a license type. And I think we made a clerical mistake is that the word i'm looking for by by naming giving it a word that almost denotes quality you know it's like in the license name you think and i don't know i mean i guess the same could be said about a craft brewer's license like it's called a craft brewer's license like i don't even know if that's what they're called but you could say that not every craft brewer is good so i guess i should but but again, typically what people associate that word with is quality, craft quality, artisanal, right? That's another so um so like I say, I like to it's kind of I think the first time I've said it that clearly, but I like to 
to describe them as small scale adult use licenses. And as we are covering, uh, I don't know that I've released this episode at this point. So well, actually I can tell you, I haven't released this episode at this point because otherwise I would give you the episode number, but I'm working on a new uh, version of the Illinois cannabis history series. And if you're not familiar with that you can check out episode 232 to if you have no idea what i'm talking about you can at least check out episode 232 we go through the history of cannabis legalization in illinois and i have citations for everything that i say we show you how to trace contributions from your elected uh, from these cannabis companies to your elected officials so if you're wondering why the the law is written the way that it is that might tell you a little bit um we have citations for everything we say. You can do your own research. And that's episode 232. We're working on part two right now. I've spent so much time describing these episodes that I th- I think I forgot. what Oh, craft grow. And I call them small scale cultivation licenses. Almost lost my point there trying to describe how this came up. We were looking through history. So you can check this upcoming episode out. We were looking through history and it turns out that at least from one article that we read, that the idea of craft <laughs> craft growing, they said, is supported by the original license holders. And it's the idea, they said, we don't want any new licenses like we have issued with a lot of square fit- footage. No, we don't want that. We're okay with like some like small-scale licenses being issued. And it's just kind of funny when you think about that in retrospect. Um, again, I could be... I could be uh, maybe my bias is showing in my interpretation of that article. So again, the point of citing the article in those videos is so you can read it yourself, come to your own conclusions, and hopefully don't let any of your biases uh, come into play and just, you know, come away with a neutral perspective, right? That's really optimistic. Um, Folks, that's, again, I, I, I apologize. I wish I had more answers today, and I hope to in the future. Um, but but I don't right now. Um, but I did want to share everything that I have heard and read. Um, and I think that I've done that. I think that we've covered all the bases there are to cover at this point. I'm just racking my brain. I think, yeah, I think that's it. So I hope you found value in this episode of the podcast. I want to thank cannabis correspondent Justine for joining us. What up? Yep. What up? We're going to smoke some more weed. And I hope that once again, you found some value in this conversation. Take care.